0: Genesis 1, let's go to Genesis 1, 26, 27, and 28. Let's start right there. Thank you, sir. When God, excuse me, Genesis 1, 26, 27, and 28, and it reads as thus. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them verse 28 then god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air over every living thing that moves on the earth may the lord add a blessing to the reading of his word if i can just encourage somebody right now is just simply image Is everything. More and more in this day and even in times past, the image of a person has been very important. We find out a lot about a person by the image that they portray or at least we find out what they think of themselves by the image that they portray. In pictures of old, you see images of kings who were standing with swords and, or on horses in simulating battle to show an image of strength and victory, a conqueror. Or you saw images of, of ladies who were sitting with the finest of fabrics, scarlet and, and, and different jewels and, and seated in certain areas with flowers or whatever, giving the image of beauty, purity, piety. We know that even now with an image, an image can also tell or give the impression of connection. You take a picture in front of a building to show your connection. We go to museums. We take pictures in front of the museum with our hands up, showing a connection, showing that you've been to a particular place, that you're well-traveled. We have images of when we are celebratory at a wedding or at a graduation or prom. I have three of those coming up over the next four days. <laughs> but you have images. We, sh- we, we prove who we are or who we think we want to be based on the image we portray the image we take on. Sometimes the images are governed by past experiences. The image we'll portray to the world is based on the hurts we suffered, the things we've gone through, what someone has done to us, what someone has said about us can have a big impact on our image. We also put together our images based on what people think about us, or what we want them to think about us. A lot of times we'll be operating in security, but we'll put on an image of strength as a facade. We'll be shy, but we'll kind of act a little boisterous as an image. We could be fearful, but sometimes we'll go overboard being a bit too courageous and outgoing as an image. We stake everything of who we are and what we're about based on the image we want people to believe about us. And then we act according to that image. We do, we put together an image for approval. We'll change what we think about ourselves, we'll change who we are just to gain the approval of them over there. And truth be told, them over there don't care what we're doing over here. No matter how much you change, it's still not going to change what they think about you and your image. We spend so much time trying to please people that don't like us. We spend time trying to gain the favor of people who don't want us around. We take, we take so much time trying to put together an image for people who really don't care what we do. But we spend time doing it. Buying the latest clothes, buying the latest this, getting the latest car. You know you living in your mama's basement while you driving a Bentley. <laughs> Image. Image. We push for an image to please or to gain authority in this world. We'll dress the part. When you go on an interview, I noticed what they told me. For, I know your dad's old school. What You put on a black suit or a blue suit. You wear a tie, put your wingtip shoes on, right? And you, you always carry a pin, always carry cash, right? You always shake with a firm ham grip, right? Eye contact, right? Image. Image. But we as believers, we have to remember that our image comes from God. When He made us, He made us to be His expressed image. His plan for us was was taken on the likeness of being a mirror on this earth only showing what's in front of the mirror that brings down heaven's vision to this earth we are supposed to be mirrors standing in front of God showing his image reflecting his image in this world God wanted us to reflect him morally spiritually and intellectually Morally, the way we move through life. 3 John 1 and 11. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. 1 Peter 2 and 12. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they were slandered, which the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. So how we move, how we do things, we're supposed to reflect God's image. We're supposed to be mirrors. In order to be a mirror reflecting an image, you have to be directly in front of. You have to be in the presence of. You have to be within striking distance of. He wants us to reflect him spiritually. The way we respond to life. Galatians 5 and 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Right? We have Galatians 6 and 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. We have to respond in the way that God would respond. Everything isn't always get, you kill my dog, I'm gonna kill your cat. Right? You step on my toe, I'm gonna break your hand. Right? You hit me once, I'm coming back. at Three different ways. We, we can't get, in, get involved in that type of jousting that the world does. That's why politicians can't get along. Because one does something one time, then the other one won't forgive it. Then he wants to do it, and it just goes back and forth, and we never get anything done. Yes, I'm talking about politicians. But we can't say much because we elected them. And even in our electoral process, we have to be spiritual. We can't do things based on our feelings. We can't do things based on cultural norms and what's expected culturally. We have to move spiritually. God wants us to represent him and reflect his image intellectually. The way we apply his knowledge and wisdom in life. Proverbs 9 and 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. In Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We can't always think about things the way we want to think about things. If we're going to be followers of Christ, if we're going to be the expressed, visible reflection of who he is, we have to change our thinking. It ain't about what you think. No one really asked you what you thought of it. What does the word of God say? What did Jesus say? How did he respond to it? And that's how we should move. Now, yes, Jesus moves and God expects justice, but he also told us to love mercy. See, and that's when we put our minds to it, we get lost. We're either too much on the justice that it becomes acidic, or we're too much on the mercy that it becomes decay. We can do justice according to the righteous requirement of His Word, but we can also administer it with love and mercy. The Word of God is very explicit about what He wants from us, but He's also equally as determined as how He wants us to distribute that. God never told us, he never changed his righteous requirement. He never told us to stop being holy because we couldn't do it. He still demands it, but what he did was he got down out of heaven, put on on an earthly body, went up to a cross and died, and made a way for us to get in without ever having to do it on our own. We don't have to pay for our sins. He did. So he never changed his righteous requirement. He just distributed mercy. But we can't accept that because we keep going on what we think. So let's look at the first point, the purpose of his image. Let's go back to Genesis 1 and 26. It says, Then God said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth when God made us in his image he planned for us to serve as living examples of his kingdom rule and kingdom agenda here on earth as long as we stay in his presence we can clearly show the world God's power in this world we have to be a me- we should be a direct reflection of God and what he desires in every situation we may find ourselves in but sometimes We forget that. Sometimes we forget due to the troubles we face. Can we be real today? Sometimes because of life's vicissitudes, we forget that we're standing in the express image. No, we're not standing in his image. We're standing as the express image of God. So it doesn't matter what you're facing. The fact is, whatever you're facing should be looking at God and fearing and trembling. But sometimes we forget. And as a mirror, we turn from God. Now we're showing the image. We're showing what we're facing, what we're going up against. We're showing that itself in us. So it's not afraid of what we say. It's not not subject to what we say. It doesn't have to listen to what we say because we're reflecting the fear that is projecting on us right and sometimes we forget it and sometimes we get so caught up in what we're going through we rehearse what's going on we talk about it over and over and over again it gets to the point to when we start magnifying our problems if we would take half the time magnifying God in our problems as much as we magnify our problems, I would imagine that half of our problems wouldn't be problems because God would have caused us to overcome them. Or because we forget whose image we're standing in and whose image we're standing as. God is sovereign. Isaiah 45, 7-9. I formed the light and created darkness. I make peace and create evil. I the Lord do all things. Drop down, ye heavens, from above and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open and let them bring forth salvation and let righteousness spring up together. I the Lord have created it. Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Let the potsherd strive with the potsherds on the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioneth it? What makest thou or thy work? He has no hands. Let's look at Lamentations three thirty-seven and 38. Who is he who speaks and it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded it? It is not from the mouth of, is it not from the mouth of the most high that woe and well-being proceed? God does whatever he wants to do. God does exactly what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, to whom he wants to do it to, and don't ask any questions on when he should get it done. God has not sat and waited for a board to come back with a decision on whether he should move on your behalf. God's not waiting for the ruling of a tribunal to come back and say that he should bless you when you're in trouble. God is not looking for, he's not sending out a query. He's not opening up a a survey on SurveyMonkey on what he should do and how he should move on your behalf. God is sovereign and will make a way out of no way. He'll He'll put water in the desert if he feels like it. He'll make a path in the wilderness if he feels like it. He'll make a donkey talk if he feels like it. He'll make angels come down from heaven if he feels like it. He'll make your enemies pull you out of the fiery pit if he feels like it he'll cause your enemy to go into a lion's den to check on you if he feels like it because he is God he is sovereign he doesn't need anyone else and we are to expressly represent that image God's not waiting for public opinion to be honest with you he really don't care what we think God hasn't asked us not one thing about whether we think he should move. The only thing we need to ask God is, God, will you move? As a matter of fact, God, when you move, I'll move. And the response is just like that. Uh Uh-huh. When God moves, we should move. And the only thing we got to say is just like that. Oh, God, you over here, just like that. Wherever God moves because he's sovereign, all we got to do is move with him. Let's keep going. Let's keep going because it's Father's Day. And I know the restaurants are packed right now. There's about five or six seatings on Father's Day. I know that. I know that. I know that. Lord, forgive me for lying in your pulpit. God is omnipotent. Matthew 28 and 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Let's look at the 62nd Psalm, verse 11. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth to God. God is not just all power, but all power belongs to God. I had to sit and think with this for a while last night and Sister Audra and Brother Bobby, that's why you didn't get the stuff until later because I was tripping on this for about an hour. That's why it took so long. But let's look at it. It says, all power is given unto me. Now, if he's all power, he, he, that means he was given himself. But hold on, wait a second now. Wait a second now. Let's pair that. Let's let Scripture interpret Scripture. It also says in the 62nd Psalm, it says, God has spoken twice, ever heard this, that power belongs to God. So God is not just all power. God doesn't just operate with all power. God doesn't just move on our behalf with all power. But all power has to answer to him. <laughs> everything that says it has power has to turn to permission to our god anything that has power anything that has authority anything that has any level of majesty and dominion has to go to god for approval it has to go to god for he's okay all power ceases to be all power when it's in the master's hands. Because now all power becomes clay. (laughs) And he can fashion power the way he wants. He can use all power the way he wants. God can do anything because all power belongs to him. Power has to come to God for discipline. All power has to come to God for chastisement if power gets out of control god puts it back in place when power is misused in your life god puts it back in place when you are being abused by power beings god chastises those beings to leave his child alone because his child is his image his child is his mirror so when power gets in the way of his mirror god puts power back in check god says power go sit down and time out for five minutes God can put power in time out. God can make power go stand in a corner. God can put power on punishment because all power belongs to Him. All power can't do anything without God's supervision because He's omnipotent. God supervises all power. God oversees all power. He has oversight over all power. All power has to bring its plan to God for God to say, yes, no, maybe so. There is no power outside of our God because there's no God outside of our God. Put a praise on it. We have to remember that God is omnipresent. He antedates all other gods. Let's look at Ephesians 1 and 4. My man Bobby, you all right with me? Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Look at that again. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Now remember, everything was created. Right? All dominions, or all, all powers, all rulers, all majesties, all beings, be it natural or spiritual, be it visible or invisible, everything was created by him, and for him they were created. Right? It says, in the beginning, God was. They say that God came from Teman because there's nowhere for God to come from. Because Temin means nowhere. So if God, who was at the beginning and saw the beginning when it began to begin, but he had already been there for eternity, but then decided to choose us in him before all of that got started, What can we say in all these things? (laughs) Before the devil got started, we were chosen. (laughs) Before principalities got started, we were chosen in him. Before your problems got started, we were chosen in him. Before your sickness got started, we were chosen in him. Before your lack got started, we were chosen in him. Before depression got started, we were chosen in him. Before these other things that come against you got started, you were already chosen in the beloved Christ Jesus. God exists outside of time, watching and governing time, intervening and interacting in time on behalf of those that he chose. Right? He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at one time. So right at the beginning of your problems, he was there. Right in the middle of your problems, he's there. But even before you get to the solution of your problems, he's standing telling you, come on, baby, I got you. If we are walking in his image, we are walking in the presence. We are reflecting the very image of an omnipresent God. Point two, the position of his image. We had the purpose, now the position of his image. Genesis 1 and 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Adam and Eve walked with God daily. They were constantly in his presence, under his influence, reflecting his image on earth. And because they stayed in his presence, they were given dominion over all things on the earth. They were given the freedom to move through all God created, the freedom to use everything he created as they saw fit with no limitations as long as they reflected his image. Sometimes we tend to get caught up with the cares of of this world. We get caught up with life, sickness, work. Our kids and we lose focus on staying in God's presence we lose focus now the thing about being the image when God created Adam and Eve they walked with him they talked with him right there was intimacy we can't say and we gotta stop telling people that you're a believer if you're not striving to walk with Jesus. This ain't just say some magic words and all of a sudden, hocus pocus, there you go. You may not know how to walk with him before your conversion, but after your conversion, you should be striving to walk with him daily. Because the only way you're gonna walk in his image as a mirror is to be right next to where he is. A mirror will only reflect the image of whatever it is it's standing in front of. Right? And it's during these times that we tend to get caught up in the cares. It's during these times that the enemy will do everything he can to distract us and entice us from God's presence. The enemy knows that if we're not in God's presence, walking and talking with him, reflecting his image will reflect the image of whatever is consuming us. Amen? The enemy knows that when we're not walking in the reflected image of God, we're not walking in the freedom he purposed for us. We're not walking in the liberty. We're not walking in the power. We're not walking in the understanding we're out of position. When we're overwhelmed with the distractions and we're not positioned to reflect his image, although we're standing on his word, we're standing on his word, but yet it'll seem that things aren't responding to his word. Right? We'll be walking and standing in, in his word, quoting scriptures, but if we don't have that intimacy with him, well, we don't have that relationship with him. Pastor, I believe talked about this last week. The sons of Sceva. They saw Paul. They saw Paul casting out demons. And they heard every word that he said, in the name of Jesus. So they came and quoted the word, but the demon said, "I." Right. Hold up a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We know who Jesus is. We know who Paul is. Yeah, but my man, my man, my man, who are you? Because he, they didn't have relationship with God. You can quote the Bible all you want to, but unless you lay down and pray before your Lord, unless you go down and travail before your God, unless you decide to turn that plate over every now and then, unless you decide to turn the radio off and just let God talk to you, you can quote the word all you want, but if you don't have relationship, you just sound the brass and tinkling cymbals. You don't have the image of God, you have the form of godliness, but you're denying the power thereof. We have to be honest so we can fight to get back in his presence. The 42nd Psalm verse one says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. We have to recognize the need for a shift in our lives. God has to be the focus of our very existence and when we're out of focus, we must turn back to him. Let's look at 3 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 3, And 16 through 18. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Those distractions are taken away. Those things that keep you prohibited from him is taken away. The veil was set to be the the, the partition between the believer and God. But Jesus Christ came and when he died, it says the veil was ripped. It was torn. It was broken. So now we have access. But what did he say we had to do? Whoever turns to the Lord. Right? It says the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. And the church said amen. Amen. Let's look at that final point, the authority and access of his image. Genesis 1 and 28, it says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. God gave mankind a blessing of divine favor to go fill the land with his image, his moral, spiritual, and intellectual attributes. He gave them the authority to subdue it and control it and to rule or govern righteously over the resources he created. We were to go out, walk and reflect his image, And stand on his word, take control over whatever was out there in the earth, because he told them to go out, multiply, be fruitful, replicate yourself, replicate my glory, replicate my image, go out into the world, go out into the earth. So whatever's out there, he told us to go. So we have his word, but he said, go in my image. But then he blessed them. He said, you'll be able to subdue it. You'll be able to defeat it. You'll be able to take control of it. To subdue something means to take control over its movements. To take control over its actions. But yet we're struggling in the world today. I know sin entered the world, but has God changed? His word is still the same. I think in the Bible it says somewhere heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, I believe it says something like that. So even though the dynamic has changed, what he wants from us has not. He still says, go in my word and walk in my image and you'll be able to take control over everything out there that the earth will throw at you. But then he said, take dominion. Rule over it. Govern it righteously according to my image. And then what he say? Rule over the resources and everything I created. We get so caught up in thinking that the enemy got control over these things. God has given him control over certain things because he is the God of the prince of the prince of the air. But he still has to go to God for permission. Because remember, Jesus said, I have all power in my hands. See, that's where that all power comes back. Satan has to get permission from God in order to inflict you. But when we stand in his image, when we're aligned in his will, what did Jesus tell us in John 14 and 14? Anything you ask in my name, I will do it. Right? So when we're standing in his will... When we're moving according to his kingdom gender and authority, we can get a little bit of heaven to operate on earth on our behalf. But sometimes the enemy in our ego will make us think that if we, if we have the word of God, that we can do wonders all, all by itself. We move the spirit of God out and we put ourselves in. Because it's through the spirit that we have intimacy. Because one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to work out righteousness in us, making us like Christ. But when we put our egos in the way, we move the spirit out the way and think we're going to walk on the word of God. Right? And it's not going to work. Thank you, sir. We think that we're still moving in his authority. Even if we are being effective, we still lose the connection with God. Jesus said that there's going to come a day when they're going to say, Lord, Lord, we cast out devils in your name. Now, wait a minute. Look at that. He said, Lord, Lord, we're going to cast out de- we've cast out devils in your name. We prophesied in your name. We did all these things in your name. So it means they were successful at it. They were successful. But Jesus said, depart from me. You work of iniquity. I don't know you. See and that's what happens sometimes we get out let our egos get in the way and the enemy sees that and we think that just because we know the word, we think that just because we come to church and get a little bit of a shout every now and then, we think that just because we stand in his presence just to get a little bit of dance every now and then, we think that just because we come see him on the weekends and we give him a little bit of praise that we can get what we want. No, that's called a side piece. God is not your side piece. Right? You don't come in the church just on Sunday and come give him a little bit of worship and think that he's going to make everything right for you. Right? We have to have intimacy with God. We have to be affectionate with God. We have to be wrapped up, tied up, tangled up with God and who he is. And sometimes in our own intellect, we try so hard to be relevant to the world that we start resembling the world, right? We turn from being the created image of God to copying the image of the world. And we wonder why we're having so many problems in the global church. When we're not walking in the image of God, the enemy will have us believe that in the middle of trying times, if we just use the word of God and have a little bit of faith, that that's all the encouragement that we need and to persevere. But we won't have his image. The only way to receive the authority and access of his image is to have intimacy in his presence. We can't be mirror images reflecting God's attributes if we aren't closely and consistently facing him. And we're gonna leave with this. We talked about the authority, but let's look at the access again. Now, the access is getting God to move on your behalf because you are his image, right? Now, idea is this. We're mirrors, right? Reflecting the expressed image of God in all his attributes. I was watching my wife getting ready, and I was watching how she moves and the attention she pays to the mirror when she's getting ready, right? Ladies, only reason why y'all laughing because y'all know it's the truth, right? She, she, she gets in front of the mirror, so the mirror can show her her image, right? But if the mirror is dirty, if the mirror has smudges on it from fingerprints and other impurities, and she can't see her image in this mirror that's in front of her, she cleans it. She rubs it. She wipes it down. Sometimes we get so caught up in life, we have smudges. We get dirty from the impurities of this world. But if we're facing God as his image, he'll clean us up. He'll wipe us down. He'll take time to wipe away the hard stuff. He'll wipe away the oily, greasy things. He'll take away the dirt and the impurity. But then, if there's something in front of the mirror, if there's anything obstructing the mirror to where she can't see her image, she won't keep getting ready, because it's time to go. She'll take time to move things out the way. If I'm in the mirror, she'll move me out the way. Anything that's standing in the way of her image, she'll take the time, no matter how big it may be, she's going to move it out the way. When you are being obstructed by Satan, when you have different obstacles that you're facing, when you have things and roadblocks that's stopping you from getting to God, If you're standing in the express image, God will start to move things. I can't see myself get out the way, Satan. I can't see myself get out the way, sickness. I can't see myself move out the way, lack. I can't see myself, depression, you got to go. Right? But sometimes if the mirror's broken, she'll fix the mirror. She'll put tape on the back of it. She'll glue the mirror. She'll put it back together. And not just put it back together anyway. She'll put it together so that it's as good as new, if not better. When we're broken in front of Jesus, when we bring our broken pieces to the potter, when we bring our brokenness to God, When we bring our fractured selves to God, when we bring those things that have hairline fractures in our lives before our Savior, he fixes them. He mends them. If your heart is broken, he'll mend it. If your spirit is broken, he'll heal it. If your soul is broken, he'll strengthen it. Whatever was broken about us, because it's blocking his image, God will fix it in your life. But watch this, watch this. If there's something that's bothering the mirror, something keeps, keeps, keeps inhibiting the mirror, someone keeps moving the mirror, she'll go through the house and she'll find that mirror that was lost. When you get so caught up in life that you can't see your way, keep reflecting God's image. Because he'll come and find you where you are. He'll move heaven and earth to come get to you. Because he see his image isn't where it should be. I had a good mirror right here that was reflecting my image. Where is it? Let me go find it. I had a mirror that was reflecting my image. Let me do what I need to do to bring it back into my presence. But watch this. And brothers, you know this one. When we're in the barber's chair and you get a good cut. I mean, you get a real good cut. I know I need to go, I know I need to go. And, and, and the barber used clippers that had to come from at least the second heaven, right? And he's done. You not only have the mirror in front of you, but he puts a mirror behind you. <laughs> so even when the primary mirror is insufficient and can't achieve the goal, you get another mirror to help you see, to assist you in whatever you need to do. When you have run out of all your resources, when you have run out of all your capabilities, God will send assistance to you. God will send some help your way to help you achieve your primary goal. Right? Now watch this. And when you, when you get that good cut and the barber snapped the he snapped the cape the off of you and he takes that 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 tape off your collar after shaping your beard. You look for a while, but eventually you start moving. The mirror stands still, but you start moving. You start checking yourself out. Then, as a matter of fact, you get up out your chair so that you could get a better angle. You start moving around, you move people out so you can see what you look like because it's your image that you want to see. When God starts moving in your life, when you reflect his image properly, God will not only look at his image, but he'll get up off his throne. He'll start moving around in your life. And when God starts moving, things start moving. When you're standing in the express will of God, God starts moving on your behalf. When you stand in the power of God, you get power that no one can take. So all you have to do is be a good image, then you can stand in strength. All you have to do is be a good image and you can stand in power. All you have to do is be a good image and you can stand in righteousness. All you have to do is be a good image and you can stand in salvation all you have to do is be a good image and you can stand in justification you can stand in healing you can stand in peace of mind you can stand in peace over troubled water you can stand on a rocky rocky mountain you can stand on water that's tempestuous as a matter of fact if you're his image you can walk on water If you're his image, you can get water in a desert. If you're his image, you can get a path in a wilderness. If you're his image, you can have kings pull you out of a prison and put you in a palace. Give God a praise.